Hey, Carlos. Hey. We're starting a podcast. <laughs> Tears. That's really just the best intro we could possibly have, right? <laughs> Let's be artful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Carlos Garcia Leon. I'm Jackson Short. And together we're both first year master's students at the University of Cincinnati. Yeah, we're, uh, um, I'm doing the MBA. Are you doing the MBA yes. as well? Okay, good. So I like to call the, the MA MBA program the Mamba program, <laughs> Mamba but program. no one else seems to um, like go along with that. Well, I haven't heard it. So like, why haven't you told me this? Like, I'm, pretty sure I, I I mentioned it. It. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it in class. Okay, fine. Anyway, so we're both in, it's mostly arts administration is the MA and then we get our MBA degree as well. As a part-time student for that. Uh, part of our MA, uh, we had a class uh, with one of our professors, and she told us to create a nonprofit organization. So we were really struggling to figure out what we wanted to do. So our executive producer came up with this idea to be, have a podcast be a non-for-profit because, well, we like podcasts and we go to arts. And we were running out of ideas. Yeah, we were really struggling. <laughs> um, and we, so we decided to start one, or at least have like a prototype. Yeah. Um, this is really our introduction to it. You know, we're, we're, we're trying this out for the first time, but we, since coming to Cincinnati, we see so many arts organizations. We, so, we see so many arts programs. And, you know, uh, we just really want to, I mean, we go to so many things together, especially. Yeah. Um, I mean, even like after a week of, Knowing you, we went to Midsummer Night uh, Dream at we went Shakespeare. To like three things. Yeah, we went. We went to a lot in of the stuff. First week or two, and then we would always be in the car ride home, going, "Oh, that was really cool. I really like this." And we'd be talking, and he would usually drive me, and we would get to my place, and then we talk for like fifteen minutes, and then I'd be okay. Well, we're like stopping traffic because <laughs> <laughs> because I need to go home, but like we need to discuss things. But in addition to that, we also saw that. There's not a lot of one young people going to arts worlds unless you've been have a bachelor's or some type of background in arts. Yes, and two that Cincinnati, at least in terms of newspaper and journalists, just doesn't have the arts critics anymore like we used to as an industry. Yeah, and I think that it's important for people to be able to uh, express their feelings about what they've seen and be able to see some criticism, especially from an outside voice. And although we don't call ourselves a professional observer we yeah. <laughs> we we know that you know when we go see something at least i'm very opinionated and i know carlos is occasionally and we welcome all sorts of opinions yeah and no opinion is wrong i think that you know the more you know about what you're watching the more you can you know love it and even if you know nothing about it which i think happens a lot, of, a lot more it happens than... a lot to a lot of people who don't have that background it's it's okay to not understand it, but still feel something from it. Yeah, so this serves as a purpose to not only be informative and educative, but also, I mean, in, inform in the sense that we want to let you know that if you're someone who is a student or young in age or young at heart, uh, you're welcome. There's a lot of discounts and ways to get into the arts without having to put a lot of money and taking a huge chunk out of your wallet. Yeah, and especially, you know, on the weekend, you know, you're bored, you want to go do something. 
why not support a nonprofit? Why not support one of the organizations that I know that we're going to be working for at some point in time? And mm-hmm. we're passionate about getting people in. You know, it's it's what we want to do, which yeah. is it's so important to us. We both come from an orchestral music background, but we will say that our lowest form of knowledge when it comes to uh, forms of music is probably opera and museums. <laughs> Potentially. So we'll have guests come in and visit the podcast and inform us and you all about those mediums as well. But we hope that not only you learn from us, but that we're all learning together. Absolutely. Okay. So, well, stay tuned. So, Carlos, the whole point of this podcast, it's like we're, we're on the car ride home. Well, what did we see this time? <laughs> like the past week, we've seen a lot. Yeah, so this week at the Artfuls, we went to go, we saw ex- an experienced Poetic Pies, as I call it, with Waitress the Musical, which is currently in, here in Cincinnati for a couple weeks. Yeah, it's at the Aronoff Center downtown, um, and I absolutely loved it. I mean, both of us love musical theater to know, and even though we have never really been on stage before. I've been on stage once, but that was amateur. Okay, you too? I've been okay. on, yeah, same. Okay. I've been like community musical theater, but it's been such a shameful time for me <laughs> that I'd rather not mention what I was or what musical it was. So, moving on. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, the, so, Waitress the Musical is music by uh, Sarah Borales, who mm-hmm. is amazing. If you don't know about her, listen to her album. The soundtrack is absolutely incredible yeah um the book was by jesse nelson directed by diana paulus um and i i really i they covered some really tough issues and i felt like right, they did it so well you you had no idea coming into this musical about anything I, I i had i had never seen the movie and i had never listened to the music um i was coming in blind i knew it had something to do with a bakery like i knew some type some type of cooking would take place yeah. but i had no idea what the story was no and i had i had listened to the soundtrack multiple times before seeing this musical i i've also never seen the movie but i knew it was based on a movie i mean i wikipedia the whole thing both the musical and the movie uh, and i've i've been i've loved the soundtrack but i think this cast and all of everything about it just it's really nice to put what's happening between the songs but also the cast was phenomenal oh they were phenomenal with, with the exception of the the main lead jenna uh the character's name is jenna i think everyone in the cast was better than the original soundtrack oh yeah i i, I totally agree after listening to it i mean they seeing a live performance like that really is so different and that's one of the reasons why i love broadway musicals like i mean theater in general is that the live performance just brings so much out. You get to see their facial expressions. You get to see everything in between, like mm-hmm. what you said. It, it Oh, man. I, I, think, I couldn't. The thing I really like about musical theater, if you've never been to a show, is that it's really nice to live in this fantasy fiction for an hour or two. Like, yeah, it, get takes, away. it takes you out of your own life. Mm-hmm. It puts you into someone else's. And it, like the, the amount of empathy that you get from just watching another person share their story is just phenomenal oh it's amazing uh, both of us i mean uh we we're not very we're not ashamed to tell you that both of us cried oh yeah both for majorly <laughs> but but here's the here's the thing i i cry a lot like anytime i go see a show there's I, most he likely cries, cry. he cries more than i do and i'm like a very hella queer man <laughs> and he's a hella not queer man so i just find that really funny but no it was like emotional tears of sadness and 
just like a lot, like you said, empathy, but also just really happy moments and also tears from laughing too much. The show just has humor packed to the punch. Oh, it was there. There are points in time. I mean, we're really strong on not spoiling anything because we want you to go see it. But oh my gosh, some parts were raunchy. Holy cow. Was not expecting it. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, the soundtrack does not give you that insight. Yeah. But yeah, that, that show and the way it's choreographed and the way the libretto is, it's just, it's hilarious. And honestly, the one biggest thing we took away from it, the one question we had is, where do the pies come from? Because <laughs> there are pies on <laughs> there's stage. There's real pies. On, and there's also, they also really make pies. Well, they, the funny thing was, at intermission, they, they bring up the lights, and I see the, the curtain closed, and someone came out and put a pie in a display case that I didn't see before. And I was like, wait, there's a display case on stage. The pies are turning. Two. Yeah, they're on both sides. I had no idea. <laughs> Now, my favorite thing about it before we walked before we even walked in is that they have baked goods selling in the in lobby. Oh yeah, I had to convince you not to get something. That's so true because I mean I wasn't really hungry because we had just eaten before yeah. too. But I just saw baked goods and I you know I just can't resist myself. <laughs> just I had had some alcohol before and now more food. Food and drinks are just. The foundation of our relationship, really. <laughs> yeah. Besides stressing out and crying. Oh yeah. Um, and just so you know, Waitress is going to be, is still at the Aronoff Theater until the 21st. Um, you found student tickets, which I had no idea about. Yeah, so you are welcome to call the box office, or you can just go to them at the Aronoff Center. And if you have a student ID, you can get any seat, any location, 50% off of what that location is. So, of course, it varies. If you get really close seats or in the balcony in the first rows, seats are a little more expensive than if you get no split seats or all the way in the back. But even then, fifty percent off is fifty percent off. Yeah, it's 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 really a fantastic deal, especially if you're wanting to experience something for the first time, or if you're you're experiencing something for the fiftieth time. You know, cheaper stuff is always really great. <laughs> yeah, I can't blame you. And then uh, speaking of a more about pies, because we can't stop talking about food. Apparently, and we never that, do really. Is that they really have a lot of poetic moments in this musical? And as someone who identifies as a poet i do write my own poetry that i just i just really connected to that and i and i loved it yeah absolutely loved it. well speaking of poetry and writing we also were able to uh last thursday mm -hmm. we went to see the cincinnati chamber opera collaborate with the cincinnati song initiative and they were performing a program called how beautiful they were songs of virginia wolf and emily dickinson and it was at uh a library yeah which it was, was one of the Public libraries that Cincinnati has throughout the Kentucky and Cincinnati area. It was phenomenal. It was so. It, it's the almost the exact opposite of what we saw on Tuesday night because yeah, because Broadway is huge. I mean, it it just is. It's just the Aronoff Center production. holds so many people, and you feel like you're an audience member witnessing a show. But with the Chamber Opera, it was in the small side room of the library. They had set up a very intimate uh, scene. And there's three rows, each with maybe 15 seats in each, yeah. maybe, maybe if that. And I think there were 15 people there total. And you were sitting about six feet away from the performer who they were phenomenal. Both. Yeah. Both females were portraying each one was Emily Dickinson. And the other one was Virginia Woolf. And I mean, the thing I had told Jackson about art song is that it's it's very much the chamber setting of vocal music because vocal encompasses opera musical theater and uh what am i missing dance oh right, right. so 
No, because that's not vocal. Oh. But anyways, vocal, some type of vocal. Vocal is usually like huge and grand and you get to see a lot or like even pop music, I guess, is considered vocal. But art song is so different where it's it's it, the whole point is being intimate. And it's being, about the emotion. Exactly. And being being so close, you could really see that. And you're you're engulfed in the scene where you're also just a part of it because you, you're just there. You're like you said, six feet less than that from the performer. Yeah, you felt the, like if you sneezed, like they would physically like jolt back <laughs> because like it's that close to you. And no, it was phenomenal. And I had told Jackson something that he didn't realize is that I, I thought it was brilliant thinking of both the Cincinnati Chamber Opera and the Cincinnati Song Initiative that they have all these locations at libraries. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't draw the comparison. I didn't draw like the line between the writers that they were portraying and the location that they were performing. And once I realized that, I went, oh, that's why. Okay, it's that brilliant. makes sense. Because they're both wonderful literally literary I there you know. go. <laughs> english is hard for me i'm bilingual so leave me alone <laughs> uh, you... um, we we definitely want to throw out uh, a quick shout out to the people that performed because they were absolutely incredible yeah both of them who are dear and near to my heart it's first time i met them and they were That's wonderful true. to us and i think that also speaks to the type of performers they are they came out and said hi they answered our questions we took a photo with them we did you you can see that po- photo in our website and Instagram, Twitter, we'll all post the above. it there. Yeah, but um, so the the soprano who portrayed Emily Dickinson was Lucy Fitzgibbon, who was wonderful, and she also had. I'm not sure if she did this purposely, but her hair was also very much like Emily Dickinson. And I've not. I didn't catch that. She's always had hair like that. I, it's beautiful and it's long and it's. <laughs> she's she's a wonderful woman and a beautiful singer. But I just love the way that the fact that she has such long hair is it make makes her able to put it in so many different ways. Yeah. And I, I really thought they thought about that. And then Virginia Woolf was Riley Nelson, who is currently in Cincinnati living here, uh, but she's originally from Canada. Uh, and their pianist was Lucy Fitzgibbon's husband, Ryan McAvoy McCullough, who um, is also a wonderful pianist and was able to, because um, he's not... He's part of the, he portray he puts the music, but he's not part of the set, you know. Yeah. So it was really nice to kind of get lost in that world. Yeah. And you had mentioned before that if you if you really want something more intimate, as that's like you you feel like you're a valued member of audience and you can really understand what's happening on stage. Uh, that art song or any other kind of chamber music is the right way to go if you've never experienced something like that. And I, I would argue that you should try to experience it at some point. It's a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I had never been in that much of an intimate performance before. I've been to a couple of recitals that were close, but you know the, the liveness to the room with so few people there. I mean, the emotion was really strong. Like It, it really touched you. And I, I would highly suggest it. And also, I'd highly suggest supporting those organizations that do that. because Especially this one, because this is, they don't charge you for entrance. It was free admission. Yeah. Um, the Broadway uh, Waitress was uh, a for-profit um, organization through uh, Cincinnati. In Broadway. In, on Broadway. In Broadway. Well, they have sponsors, but yeah. Yeah. And uh, Cincinnati... Uh, Chamber Opera is a nonprofit collaborating with another nonprofit, and they even made a point afterwards to say, if you, if you really enjoyed this, please donate, um, and you know, go out and support those organizations because that's really what we want to do. Yeah, definitely. Now, 
I'm really mad because I heard you had two tickets. Okay. You didn't invite me. <laughs> and I'm really mad that you went to the CSO. I mean, I oh. <laughs> every time I, you I, did this with pictures, you've done it with this one, and it was Mozart and Mahler, and I, I'm just, oh, I'm just, I have, I have, I need to the, walk away. I have in the past. I'm not a great friend. Don't, don't befriend <laughs> me. I have in the past, um, gotten, gotten tickets to go see the symphony, and somehow, well, Jackson and I are really good friends. I sometimes always forget about him to invite him. Um, it's beautiful. You, Usually because I'm, like, on a date with someone. That's fair. So, unless you'd like to be my date, hold my hand and everything. Okay. Uh, but Which I know you're comfortable with, but... <laughs> um, yeah, but it was a Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra. Uh, and they, they were doing Mozart and Mahler. Which is how they advertised it, but it was phenomenal. I mean, there was a lot of snow this past weekend in mm-hmm. Cincinnati, so they had canceled... Cincinnati, the University of Cincinnati, and I was really hopeful that they weren't going to cancel the symphony, but I had never heard of a symphony being canceled before, or at least... I, I don't think... And I'm I, from I Chicago, so... <laughs> I'm from Indianapolis. I, I know that there have been some times during the summers for the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra where they've where it's been like too much rain for oh, an outside really? performance. Wow. Like we have, we have an outdoor uh, venue at uh, Connor Prairie in Indianapolis, um, but I... You know, there are very few times like we, we, we nonprofits need the money. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. OK, well, anyway, so you you saw so a concerto. I, I yeah, I drove through the snow because I don't care. It wasn't that bad since I had to get over it. I'm from Chicago. Um, I drove through the snow, had a nice meal. Again, I was on a date and they played the first half with Schubert's Overture. And it was really mm. funny because in the, in the program notes, it says that it, uh, it this was. Oh, God, it was. Basically, I felt it felt very kind of misogynistic to me. <laughs> not, not that I, I mean, I'm not a musician historian, but the whole overture was made for uh, another for an opera. Not I mean, the, that music was made for another opera, but he put it on this one, too. Yeah. And it was made for an opera that the lyrics were made by a woman. But the people, everyone thought the woman wasn't really good at writing lyrics and and i just thought this is kind of problematic so the program notes aren't misogynistic the history is i think my (laughs) a little of both i mean let's be honest history has been misogynistic throughout most of history anyway Ooh, i feel like that's some shade i'll stop myself but no it was really good um it was just an overture so it's not very long it's overtures tend not to be really long but moving on because that's not the most exciting thing of the whole program was the mozart which, I mean, the Mahler was great, and we'll talk about the Mahler soon. But the Mozart, oh, okay, so this Mozart, I'm not a fan of Mozart because as, as someone who played bassoon, I have to do the bassoon Mozart concerto all the time, and now that I'm not a bassoonist, I don't have to deal with that at all. But um, if you're a musician, you, under, you, should, you should understand that Mozart concertos are just everywhere. But... Well, the music was good, and I don't really like to talk about the music as much. Um, I love talking about how people interact on stage and with the audience. And, I mean, first props to the guest conductor, James Conlon, who is the conductor laureate of the May Festival, another organization here in Mm -hmm. Cincinnati, who came back and was very prompt in talking to the audiences and thanking them for putting in the money for the renovation and welcoming him back to uh the symphony because he hadn't been back in a while yeah because music hall just got renovated exactly and if Uh, you haven't been 
please go. It is absolutely wonderful. I mean, we don't know what it looked like before, but yeah, it but looks I, great. I'm just saying, it looks wonderful now. I don't know how wonderful it was. But she, uh, sorry, the soloist was Jennifer, I'm so sorry if I mispronounced your last name, but Jennifer Frouchty. I have no idea. We'll spell it out in the notes or something. But she came out in this very eloquent and regal manner with this beautiful dress that just complimented her so well. And she felt so comfortable in it. And everything about her just just looked magnificent. And she did this thing. So usually in Mozart concertos, the soloist doubles the part that they would play normally in the orchestra yeah so she would stand in the back with the orchestra and she was she was playing that part and she was kind of seeing eye to eye with the concert mistress okay i mean they're playing the same part but it was just like they were having fun with it and i love those moments where like the orchestra seems like they're having fun and i just don't see that a lot in orchestras anymore but she jennifer and the concert mistress and the rest of the violins first section was just really having fun and being like, yeah, we're playing together and this is exciting. And I just kind of just couldn't stop smiling. And then she would do this thing where she would step out when it was her time to be the soloist. Just very... Oh, it was a recognition that she was the soloist. That's I, really I didn't, cool. I didn't feel like more like recognition. is like, it's my time now. Oh, okay. It was, yeah. it was just very professional. And I love that. And after even after the first movement, she she felt so accomplished that she did a good job. And she did. She was magnificent. But she she smiled with like one of those biggest smiles that you see if you like ever accomplish something big. Yeah. And I just felt I could just feel that happiness that she had. Yeah. And uh and then people applauded after the first movement because it was really the wow. best. Wow. I know. I mean, there's a there's a whole controversy of applauding between movements if you haven't been to a symphony before. We both think that it's we Terrible. both, yeah, we both think that that kind of needs to end because I mean, if someone did a good job in that first movement. And people want to compliment that or just acknowledge that. I think people should applaud. And man, oh, the art song. When we were watching the art song, I was having just a fit because I wanted to applaud after several of these short songs that she had. And I don't know if you saw it, but I was I was tapping oh, yeah, my you knee. Tap. Oh, right. So this <laughs> reminds me of something I haven't told you that uh, I wish I wish we as as someone people who go to the arts thing would take something. So I also my I consider it my third language, but my third language is American Sign Language and. Deaf people clap differently than hearing people just because, well, they can do the motion of actually clapping. Mm-hmm. They can't hear it. Yeah. So something more visual is to, uh, I, I mean, you can't see it, but it's it would be described as doing jazz hands. Oh, okay. And I would love to see that in, in symphonies or any type of arts where we're after, after a movement or something like and in between a scene or something. Just kind of you, people would able to do, do that motion jazz, so that you people get would the, deaf clap. You get the uh, um, the visual and acknowledgement that like you did a great job yeah. or you're doing a great job. And I'm not sure it would be appropriating deaf culture because I haven't been I haven't had the time to be involved in the deaf community here in Cincinnati. But I would love to be have interesting. That. I, I think that would be a really good really good solution for that problem. Yeah, that we, it, we, we, we that need it, to talk about that. Be great. <laughs> that it doesn't disturb the musicianship. At least the music making, yeah. that there's no noise, but that there's recognition of a wonderful work done. It pushes you through the rest of it. Exactly. So no, and then she, yeah, she finished the rest two movements. She was wonderful. Absolutely loved her. The, even just, I think the, the whole recognition of being just smiling and communicating with the orchestra is something that makes me so happy that I, I started tearing up and, and that... Of course Sorry. you did. Of I mean, again, we're both really big criers, <laughs> <laughs> but I just started cheering up, and it was it was magnificent. So props to the symphony, and props to Jennifer Fauci for 
just doing yeah or or uh, jazz hands Sorry. jazz hands stuff clapping uh and then moving on to the the last half of the uh the other half of the Mahler exactly Mahler won and Mahler is big I mean he had a huge ego and we can all acknowledge and he had a huge orchestra he he has huge orchestration so it's always a packed stage and it's always also just really long <laughs> pieces of music but this is his first symphony called nicknamed the titan because it's huge gigantic and it was also i i like to describe it as a as a really nice introduction to Mahler, where he kind of takes you on this emotive roller coaster where it's sometimes it's really really enjoyable and fun and kind of giddy in a sense where it's very childlike and other times they like in, in another movement or sometime within the same movement that it, it gets creepy and mysterious and kind of um eerie in a sense that's in, still enjoyable yeah um as a bassoonist i i really like the third movement there's a great kind of section where the bassoonist shines playing uh um uh, like an arrangement of i like to call it uh a twisted version of frere jaca <laughs> where uh it starts with the with the principal bassist in who in this case is owen lee and then it gets passed down through the orchestra and then Mahler kind of moves that around the whole orchestra and it was really wonderful. And James Conlon did a great job bringing out every single musical artistic thing that happens. And, you know, this, I, I love this orchestra. I know when you texted me, you said it was it was an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. You said, you said I wouldn't be able to handle it because I'm more of a crier than you are. You, you are. You are. But then we get food and then we get drinks and then you get more. So, yeah, that is true. <laughs> And that, in a nutshell, is our friendship. <laughs> that, in a nutshell, is our friendship. Food, drinks, conversation. That's really also how I make him forgive me if I don't invite him to things. You buy me food. I don't know if you've noticed. <sighs> well, now I have. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll maybe make you forget. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure that we'll be able to go to a CSO concert in the future. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it happen. Um, but this next week, on the 20th and 21st, uh, the CSO will be performing their 1812 Overture concert again. What the heck, CSO? It's another one of my like all-time favorites. I don't know what it is about it. Do you think it'll have cannons? Oh, please! I that would be wonderful. I it won't happen, but that would be so cool. Um, shot off from the balcony of the the, <laughs> the music hall. Maybe they'll just get so 1812 is well known for its cannons it's just huge explosions in the later end of the piece which as a percussionist i love i love i love seeing percussive instruments played in various ways and like especially cannons wouldn't think it's percussion but percussionists do it um and also as a percussionist they're also going to be playing bolero which has just the most repetitive snare drum part in all of history it's the same rhythm the entire time um i personally dislike bolero don't hate me, other musicians, but to me, it's it's like an exercise in conducting. And how oh, it's to, difficult. And it's it, hard. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard piece of music for musicians, but for for a listener, it's like okay, it's the same. And then rest just, number a hundred, <laughs> rest and, number hundred one, and then it's just an exercise of how to get louder, just very progressively. I think everyone should experience it and have their own opinion about it. Oh no, great! And that's my opinion about it. Yeah, um, and they're also going to be playing uh, Claire de Lune, Pines of Rome firebird bolero again 1812 overture that's gonna be a great concert and maybe you'll invite me okay okay well that's if that's we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about it yeah we haven't mentioned that you can get student tickets yes 
Student tickets are student 15. Rush. Yeah, student rush tickets are, what, two hours before? Yeah, it's two hours before, and they're $15 each. Mm-hmm. And they're good seats. I mean, I... You, you don't just get, like, nosebleed seats. You, yeah. You get a nice selection of places to sit. And and the box office really works well with making sure that you can see and making sure that you get a good seat. And the great... Yeah, the great thing about the renovations is that they really worked on that, that no matter where you're sitting, you get a great quality of sound, and you get a good view. Yeah. Um, we also, you know, we just briefly mentioned, uh, you know, forming your own opinion. And honestly, here at the Artfuls, we have, we are very opinionated and we want to hear what you think. And so what we're going to try to do every week is tell you what's happening this next week. You know, hopefully you saw the same concert. Send us, send us, you know, send us a tweet, uh, you know, comment on Instagram, engage with us so that we can engage back and we can have a conversation about what we saw, what we thought about it, how we felt, if I cried, because I'm going to have to keep a tally now. I mean, it's going to be bad. I mean, I I think it's too much. I, I think the tally would be redundant. We'd break the internet. <laughs> I don't know where that, no. <laughs> I don't know how much okay. I cry, possibly. Maybe. Um, but anyway, so this next week is really a huge week for theater. Um, we're very excited to do the, the, the next podcast in the upcoming week. Uh, Cincinnati Playhouse in the Park is going to be starting on January 20th, Million Dollar Quartet, which will be phenomenal. Yeah. Ensemble Theater of Cincinnati is doing The Humans starting January 23rd. And Cincinnati Shakespeare Company is going to be performing Guess Who's Coming to Dinner starting on January 24th. And the Cincinnati Shakespeare Company has a new building if you haven't been to it. Oh, definitely go to it. We we went for Midsummer for their opener. I think it was our first show together. It was our first show. How exciting. I'm going to cry now. Stop there's it. one um yeah. <laughs> so no but like it was a, it's a phenomenal theater i highly suggest you go um if you end up going let us know on twitter we might see you there uh let us know on instagram uh really let us know in any way uh, uh one other thing if you also if you want to experience chamber music the cincinnati Ch- symphony is having their chamber players play oh yes they're having their that's sec- on the 19th they call it the second chambers players concert they have some great music by well, I mean, you should just experience chamber music, no matter who the composer is. Um, hopefully, I mean, we're going to be posting all of the websites to where you can find all this information. Definitely go. Uh, definitely check out the tickets, especially if you're a student or young professional. Check it out because Student Rush really saves you. Um, I know that we've been able to go to a lot of things because of those Student Rush tickets. Yeah, and even if you're not a student or you don't think yourself as a young person, you can also always volunteer. For the young or young at heart. Exactly. You can always volunteer. And each. I, I'm pretty sure I would be amiss if they didn't. Did I use the miss right? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, that any organization in the arts doesn't have a volunteer program. And that way you not only help the organization do its job, but also get to see the show for free. And it's so important to support an organization either monetarily with your money or your time. honestly with your time. And I mean, speaking from my experience, having been a volunteer and having been on the other side of managing volunteers, we can't we can't thank them enough for really spending their time helping us yeah do that so again we want to thank um the Aronoff Center and Broadway Across America for uh bringing waitress to us Cincinnati Chamber Opera and the Cincinnati Song Initiative for having us cheer Moved. up a little bit oh <laughs> through art song thank you so much and also Carlos got to see the CSO this last weekend we cannot thank them enough there's more concerts on their way um, if you want to get in contact with us, I know I've been pushing Twitter and Instagram. So uh, ours for the Artfuls is at Artfuls, Artfuls Podcast. 
Um, we also have a uh, email that you can email us at uh, for any comments, questions, concerns, hopes and dreams, aspirations. Send us anything. Really, if you just need someone to li- have you listen to, we'll be. We have ears. We'll, we will be here. We will be there. For um, you. And that is artfulspodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can also contact me directly through Instagram or Twitter at manage the arts, which I can't believe I got that Twitter handle. Wow. I, I it's shocking. Especially also on Instagram. You I, like exude arts administration. Oh, yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, my God. And no. you can, con- you <laughs> you can catch too, right? me on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, I'm cgarcia.leon. And on Twitter, I'm cgarcia underscore Ooh. leon. I well, aren't could, you fancy? I could just, they always, oh, you just couldn't get it. Someone already had it for some reason. But whatever. That's so weird. Anyway... I'm Jackson Short. And I'm Carlos Garcia Leon. And have have an an artful day. day.